Mark chapter 2 began with verse number 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. When the Lord's in the house, people have a way of hearing about it. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. It sounds like Sunday night at CLC. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born afore. He was one of quadruplets. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they, cover, they uncovered the roof where he was. They said, we're going to get in. One way or another, we're going to get in because the miracle worker's in the house. We heard about it. We've heard the stories about it. We're going to get there and find out what's going on. And when they, they had broken up the roof, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach what I feel is God-ordained and feel that God has impressed it upon my spirit for this hour of the church. I will title my sermon tonight, An Old Depiction of a Modern Apostolic Church Experience. An Old Depiction of a Modern Apostolic Church Experience. If some of you wouldn't think it was too cheesy, I probably would have called it an old depiction of a modern CLC experience. Lord, help us tonight to preach what you've laid upon our heart. Lord, I pray that the word of God does not go forth void tonight, Lord, but that every person in the room would be encouraged and strengthened, that their faith would be, Lord, increased tonight by the power of your word, and that there would be a response at the conclusion, Lord, that would be according to your will and purpose for this moment and hour in the church. I pray for every person in the room, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. By the way, I'm excited for Landon, baptized in Jesus' name this morning. It's encouraging to see all of these young people. Here's Aiden and Elena and Landon, and then over here, a whole front row of young adults, front two or three rows of young adults, except Brother Ron, he's not a young adult. All these young people over here, front row, second row, third row. Wow. And Sister Paula's right in the middle of them. She's young at heart. <laughs> Came through the other day. We were cleaning up the church, and I saw the funniest thing that I've ever seen in the church. I saw a note left sitting where Sister Paula sits, and it said, reserved for me. I loved it. I laughed. <laughs> An old depiction of a modern apostolic church experience. I, I have to open this message tonight by commending those who have taken the journey with us over the last several years. I'm also thankful for those who have helped us as a body get to where we are tonight. See, there is a physical and a spiritual dynamic to a growing church. And we couldn't get here without both of those. And we couldn't get here without you. You are important in the church. Regardless how you feel about yourself, you are important to the church. And then beside the physical and spiritual dynamic of the church, there is a governmental dimension 
that is also part of revival. And all of these folks together work tirelessly. They're folk, folks who prepare and make things ready for the next move of God that he is going to do in his church. We have so many hardworking people with enough faith to not accept status quo. And regardless what is said or what attitude you may receive, they have a made-up mind to keep laboring even when they may not see results in their field of labor. I, I couldn't be any more proud of our hard-working teams and individuals, so many that make this church work. The evangelist come in and preaches a message and is the harvester. But there would be no harvest without the ground tillers and the seed sowers and the daily caregivers and the irrigators and the pruners and those that keep the water flowing. And then in due season comes the harvest. And perhaps this is where we are as a church. We are in a cycle. We are in seasons. And we are continually seeing the harvest. We have our ups and downs. Someone said to me the other day, I'm not sure that I can go through another season like we just came through. But we must understand that every season is different. And every season is for a purpose. Pastor Jerry Jones, our district, our general secretary, made a statement some time ago, and his statement was, if there's one thing, he was asked a question, if there's one thing that you have learned in ministry that you would do differently, what would it be? He said, I would be more in tune and more inclined to follow the seasons of the church rather than trying to fight against the seasons of the church. That's no excuse for us to get in a rut and get stuck where we are. We have to always be expecting and anticipating the next season. But at the same time, we must not become angry with the season. I personally do not enjoy wintertime. I'm a southern boy. At heart, I'm a southern boy. By nature, I'm a southern boy. You all know that. I don't like winter. I don't care for the snow. I'm okay with it a time or two. But thank God, for I'm just praising God for this year. Come on, my Nigerian brother. No, see, see he's standing because he, Brother Timmy is applauding because he, he's with me on this. I mean, today it was 83 degrees in Lebanon in the Holiday Inn Express in our service. My brother was in a coat and a scarf videoing during service. But I've had to learn to roll with the seasons because there are benefits to every season. But the church is in, is in a rotation in a, in a cycle of seasons and right now I do understand that we are in a harvest season but I also understand that in the beginning of this year, I felt inspired by the word of the Lord to bring to you, and I spoke to you what I feel was prophetically for this year and perhaps the year to come, and that is that the Scripture said that He would restore what the palmer worm, the canker worm, and the caterpillar has destroyed. And that He would cause the latter rain and the former rain to come down together. I wish my throat wasn't annoying me tonight so that I could say this the way I feel it because I feel it way more powerfully than I'm speaking it. But I feel that we are in a season and we're moving into a season that is going to be unlike any season that we have experienced before. It's going to kind of be like this winter that we went to where we said, wow, the Lord has really blessed us with the befall holding on in wintertime. Didn't last very long and it wasn't very brutal. And all of a sudden in February we had May-like weather. 
I talked to two or three other people. I mean, this was a year. Somebody said that this, this season, I didn't follow it according to the meteorologist, but somebody said to me that, these, that it has been, uh, this is a season that uh, has broken records all the way back that were set in 19, the 1940s, that these were record-breaking warm trends. And dry trends, Sister Cheryl and I went into the bank and were told by the lady in the bank that the farmers are already releasing money and are working in the fields over the last week in February. I've lived in Indiana for 26 years. I've never seen farmers in fields, but I was working even at the campus the other day and looked out and saw the farmers in the field as they were tilling the ground in February. So it's an unusual season, but they do come. The Lord says, I'm going to cause the latter rain and farmer rain to come down together. It's not going to be in due season. This is a strange thing that I'm going to do. I understand the seasons of the church, but God is saying, I'm going to do something that is of a supernatural. It is of a supernatural measure that I'm going to give to the church. There is going to be a season of harvest that is coming that is not like anything that you have ever had together. As a matter of fact, I'm going to restore the years the canker worm destroyed and the palmer worm destroyed and the caterpillar destroyed. I'm going to give you one, two, three, four. I'm going to give you a harvest like a harvest that you haven't received in many, many years. As a matter of fact, the seasons that the harvest was destroyed, I'm going to pay it all back in one year I hope you got what I just said because I felt like it was from the Lord the Lord is saying that we're moving into this season of harvest and I do believe this is where we are but not only harvest but there are some vines that have been pruned that have been pruned that are about to produce more than you have ever produced in your life Can I speak prophetically perhaps to some of you individually tonight that you have gone through seasons of hardship, struggle, hurt, pain, disappointment. But I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight that the only way that the church can experience the revival that God has spoken into my spirit and has been prophesied over for this church is that individuals that have been through the years that the caterpillar destroyed it for you and the canker worm destroyed it for you and it was years of pruning and hurt and disappointment that God is saying, I am going to restore it back to you and through you. The revival is not coming from an outside source. God is the source, but he's going to do it through you. A lot of folks talk about what they're going to do. And then there are those that get in and get the job done. Some people talk about faith. But the Bible says that faith without works is dead. As you arrive tonight, you must understand that somebody prepared before you ever got here. On snowy days, the sidewalks are shoveled. Attendants are available on any day to help you and assist you when you pull in. If you would like for them to park your car, they're here. Greeters met you at the door with a smile and welcomed you. Ushers have worked tonight keeping everyone comfortable, preparing seats in our overcrowded building. Parking attendants have worked to keep the parking under control. Our worship team of musicians and singers were here early and rehearsed and prepared to lead us into the throne room with apostolic worship. The preacher spent a little time this week in prayer and study preparing the Word of God for you. Altar workers are here tonight and they're praying and waiting for their cue to step out to pray for the sick or to pray for someone that needs deliverance or salvation. There are people that are standing ready to at any moment to do whatever needs to be done. This is the kind of church that you're at tonight. 
maintenance people have ensured that our facilities are functioning properly and security measures are being taken to ensure that everybody's safety uh, is, is a priority while they're on the property. Cleaning teams come in sometimes at 5 o'clock in the morning, sometimes in the afternoon, sometimes late at night to make sure that the messes that are left in this building are cleaned up. And every time you walk in, you walk in on clean carpet as if nobody has even been here. Thank God for good, faithful people. The technical team has everything sounding and looking good around here. And, and, and this is just a regular Sunday night service. Not even a special occasion. Well, every Sunday ought to be special at CLC. I walked in the store to, to get a pack of gum and somebody looked at me and said, wow, what's the special occasion? I said, church on Sunday. Every Sunday ought to be a special occasion at CLC. Every Sunday ought to be a special occasion at an apostolic church. There are no off Sundays. There are no down Sundays. There are no regular Sundays. Every Sunday we're preparing for the king to enter. We're preparing for God to do the miraculous. We are expecting it. We come anticipating it. We are prepared for it. We may even have a guest come in that needs a touch in their life. This is the event of the week. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell them this is the event of the week. That's the way I was raised. It's all that I know of church that Sunday is, should be the highlight of the week. It ought to not be the ball game, the golf game, the fishing trip. The upcoming vacation Sunday ought to be the event of the week. My point is that where we are as a church is so much bigger and broader than any one of us. We have gotten beyond as a whole. As a whole, we have gotten beyond the big eye, little you mentality. I should have got more amen. Some of you know that you've gotten victory over it. We've gotten beyond it. I went to Lebanon today. I went to Lebanon last week. And I went to Lebanon the week before. They didn't ask me to testify, to preach, to sing, to play. And I was good with it. Because the plan that God has for the church, I'm not going to be able to be part of everything that is happening. Yet in some way, I'm going to be part. But I don't have to have my fingers on it and my hands on it. I don't have to be involved in everything that is going on in order for it to go on. The revival that God is getting ready to send this church is going to be this kind of revival. Hello, pastor. We just had Bible study. We're on our way to the church to baptize somebody. If anybody wants to join us, we'd sure like for it to... Matter of fact, it's already happening. I've already gotten three phone calls in the last two or three months. Pastor, we're on our way to the church to baptize somebody in Jesus' name on a Friday night, on a Saturday afternoon, on a Wednesday evening. Somebody left the other day, I think it was going to the wire to play ball, ran into somebody, an hour later called me and said, Pastor, I'm on my way to the church to baptize them in Jesus' name. This is the kind of revival that God is going to send in the future. It's not going to be within the walls of this building. It is greater than what we are. For those who are leaders... There is a call of God involved and a mandate for us to stay ahead of what God is doing in the church in this hour. Some of you remember and recall, you were in our leadership meetings. A few of you will remember. Remember the triangle, the upside-down triangle? How many of you remember that? Good, four of you. Thank you. I see a few hands. That was tongue-in-cheek. Some of you that were there remember when we were a church of 150 and we were talking about building a leadership structure to become a church of 300. Now this year as we approach and by the help of the Lord surpass the membership of 300. We've got to build the next phase of leadership that takes this church to the next level. If we bog down with, it's got to be about me, we are in big trouble. 
We just flip things back over and everything's here and I'm trying to balance the whole thing. It doesn't work that way. It takes a team of people. The last two Sundays and midweek services during the revival, the Awakening Revival, 25 people that was reported received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Several uh, backsliders prayed back through. I'm not sure. I don't have a list of names of everybody. But this much I know. This is bigger than just one or two people. The work of discipleship and development and growth is bigger than one or two people. We've got to all get involved in it. Thank you for standing, Sister Chelsea, because you know, you know the job is big that is ahead of you, but we're going to have to work together. We are labors together with Christ. We no longer have room for title holders and position holders. We've got to move swiftly. We've got to move quickly. We can't be reserved about it. We've got to go after it. But we need people who are passionate about serving in the kingdom of God with an attitude that it is not about me, but it is about the kingdom of God. Because what God is doing is way bigger than any one of us. I don't recall a time when this church has moved so quickly and so unilaterally as we have over the last few months. There have been a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. There's a lot of things that are gearing up for our future. I'm sensing it and feeling in the Holy Ghost that the works of our labors and the fruit of our labor is about to be unveiled. God is appointing people at the right time and the right hour. God is connecting people to the church. And it's for a purpose and for a plan. Unprecedented revival is happening around the world. And I believe that we are in the middle of it. We must not, just because the awakening is over. I've heard, listen, I've heard it from every one of you that has sent me a text, an email, a phone call, I agree with you. Sorry that you send me epistles and I send you three words. I don't have time to respond with an epistle to everybody. My Lord, have mercy. Sister Shauna Blackburn sent me a message the other day. I said, the epistle according to Shauna. That thing started coming through and I thought my phone was blowing up. My wife was in the bathroom and all of a sudden she comes out of the bathroom with a strange look on her face as she's hearing those messages beep through on my phone. She comes out and she says, what in the world is going on? You are correct. We must not go back to church as usual. Status quo will not work. There is a harvest that God has laid before us. We must be ready. This year, yes, we're in the middle of building, but we're going to be calling the church to more prayer, to more fasting. This is where we are. We must stay ready. We must not go back to church as usual. We are a modern-day apostolic church, and the precedent has been set. I don't just believe that it's cliche to say we're going to a new level. We have moved into a new dimension and God is prospering the church. Now, this is what generations of our apostolic elders have been praying for. Hours, days, and weeks of prayer and fasting by our elders and many who have passed on and faithful people who have been part of this church over the years prayed for an apostolic revival. I worshiped with some of those, some of you older than me in this room tonight, which seem to be getting to be fewer and fewer. Remember some of those 
Remember those whiteboard prayer meetings? When names of people who are sitting in this room tonight. Mm. Call out a name and we write it down on the whiteboard. Remember them, Brother Jerry? Till it was full. And then the church would go to prayer. And when we'd run out of something to pray about, we'd look up on the whiteboard and we'd get those names and we'd start praying for the next group of names. We prayed for backsliders and we prayed for the lost. This is the day in which those elders that prayed, they prayed for this hour of the apostolic church. I remember when Brother Price looked at me and said, God told me that easily this church was going to reach a status of 200 or 300. We've now lived to see it come to pass. Last week as a whole, our attendance was 390. God is sending a harvest of souls. Days before he passed, our late bishop said to me, just days, he said, Brother Jordan took me by the hand. I stood by his bedside and he looked at me. He was shaking me when he said it. He said, I'm proud of you. And of course, my granddaughter, that's the better part of the two of you. I'm proud of the work you're doing. Hold on to the faith. Hold on to the doctrine. Keep preaching. He said, but if there's one thing I can tell you, he said, you're building too small. He said, I see a revival that is coming to the city. Told my wife, I didn't even know whether I would ever in time share with you exactly what he said to me those days. But he looked at me and he started to weep. And he said, There's a mighty revival coming, Brother Jordan. He said, It's he said, God showed me. He said, It is a great revival. He said, Most of the people are not even going to believe it. He said, God's going to have to perform it in spite of some of the lack of faith. He said, but it's coming. And he said, God showed me, and his words were, a mega church. I've never desired or looked or sought for any such status. That's not what this is about. My point is, is there is a harvest of souls. And there is a revival that is coming that is going to try some of our faith. Some of us are going to have to stretch our faith to even believe that God is going to do what we're believing Him for. This is what they were praying for. Our evangelist prophesied about it last week. He said there is a revival coming. This is the day we've been praying for. There has been a rebirth of apostolic revival among our young men and women. I don't believe that it is happenstance that God has lined this church up where He has. I didn't ask them to stand, but many of them are already standing. I want you to look at this front. I want you to look at these that are standing here from young people to young adults that God is raising up during this generation. This week I was meeting with young men who said, Pastor, I've never had the courage to say it before, but I feel a call to pulpit ministry. I feel a call to evangelistic work. I feel a call to do something I've never done. God is challenging me as a leader, and he's challenging this church to open a door of opportunity for young men and women and elders alike that are going to rise in this last hour and be part of this revival because I won't have the strength to do it and you won't have the strength to do it. But God is raising up generations of young men and women 
that are going to be part of this great apostolic revival. Brother Brandon, they have a different concept than my generation. They don't even care if their name's written down. Just give me an opportunity to teach a Bible study. I don't have to have a stage. Give me a coffee shop. Whatever I've got to do. They're thinking differently. And it's a God thing. I told somebody this week, I said we have three or four services a week. I think the people want to hear from their pastor once in a while. We have an assistant pastor. We have evangelists, full-time evangelists. Brother Toppy is in Kentucky tonight. Brother Gentry's in Alaska tonight. Others are here. A few weeks ago, Brother Brandon was up in Winnemac. Brother Danny was in Lafayette. We had four evangelists out one day preaching different places plus what was going on here. We're beginning to make an impact that is larger than what we are. I've been preaching to spirits for 50 years. I've been preaching that God was going to bring us to this home. Been believing God for it. I've heard the naysayers. I've prayed through over it. But we're living in a day. <laughs> we're living in a day of answered prayers. Don't just think it's cute. I walked into my office tonight. Aiden was sitting there, Bible in hand. His notes are in hand. He said, I'm ready. Brother and Sister Tapia told me that Landon's been preaching all week. Said Elaine has been leading worship all week at home, speaking in tongues and worshiping the Lord. God is raising up young men. Oh, it's cute to see them in Lebanon for outreach. But I got to tell you something. God is raising up a group of young men. It's going to do a work. They don't have to be across the seas. They can be right here in our hometown. But they're going to be doing a work of ministry. They're going to be winning the lost. They're going to be raising up people in this end time. Somebody, somebody came to me the other day, said, I don't know who it was. There was a young lady. She had apostolic authority. They were guests. Said she had some kind of apostolic authority like I hadn't seen a young lady have. So I knew it. So at first I thought, wow, is she one of the Jordan kids? She started laying hands on somebody. Said, man, I'm telling you the Holy Ghost was using her in a special way. You think nobody's noticing They're not looking for microphones. They're looking for prayer closets. They're not looking for stages. They're looking for an opportunity to be a conduit for the Holy Ghost to work through them. The future's happening. We can't afford to wait. I'm going to go a little step further in this message tonight. But I believe that God is going to release the financial provision to this church for our vision to be fulfilled. I'm tired of sweating and struggling over it. I put it in the hands of the Lord. I said, God, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. I don't know when, how, where. It may come right through you. As a matter of fact, it most likely will. But God's going to bless some of you in ways that you're going to say that increase. I don't even need it. Let's put it toward apostolic revival. I'm going to support a block party. I'm going to support some. I'm going to do something with this. It's going to be an increase in a harvest of souls. I was in Tampa, Florida a few weeks ago and was challenged. Go home and invest in the harvest field. Invest in the harvest field. I've decided I don't need a fancy office. What I need is I need labors in the field. I need time to get in the field. 
Hallelujah. I believe God is sending the spirit of generosity to fall upon His people in these last days. And what God is going to do is going to blow our ever-loving mind. God has spoken. We have encompassed this mountain long enough. And God has called us to go on to the promise. These last few services are nothing less less than supernatural. I don't think I've ever shared this with you. I'm just going to stop because I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I want to tell the Lebanon team something. There's some things that happened behind the scene this week that absolutely blew my mind. I can't, I won't even share it with you. Time, when time comes, I'll share it with you. I walked into an office and it was completely unsuspected the way the whole thing unfolded. Establishing and starting a church is no simple thing, particularly being in the middle of a building project. And we need a miracle to happen. But about five years ago on a Wednesday night, I can take you back to it, Evangelist Robbie Mitchell, pastor now, Pastor Robbie Mitchell from Colorado, was preaching. He preached a message, and while he was preaching, the Lord laid Lebanon on my heart. He burned it so deep in my spirit, and he spoke a word into my spirit that I have never let go of. And when it comes to pass, then everybody's going to rejoice. There'll be a few naysayers when I mention to you what God spoke to me. But during that service when Brother Mitchell was preaching, the Lord, I, 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 was, I was arguing with God. I said, God, I don't have the time. And the Lord said, you'll make time for whatever you want to make time for. I said, God, I don't have the energy. He said, I'm going to supply whatever you need. I said, God, we don't have the finances. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, the miracle will meet you there. That's all he said. The miracle will meet you there. That's all he said to me. He didn't say who. He didn't say how. He didn't say where. He just said the miracle will meet you there. Every week when we start driving to Lebanon under my breath, I'm praying, God, is today the day. I don't know how long. I don't know when. I don't know from where. But I'm anticipating that the miracle is going to meet us there. Let me speak not only to Lebanon but to CLC Frankfurt. The miracle is going to meet us right in the middle of the moment that we're not expecting it because the harvest is prophesied. God is going to make a way. We're having to increase staff. We're having to do some things differently than what we've done. And I was praying, God, how are we going to do it? And the Lord said, just do it. I'm going to make a way for it. Just do it. I'm going to make a way for it. I called my family together. I said, we got to tighten the belt in a few areas. And the Lord just kept saying, go do it. 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 I believe that when we do what God is calling us to do, He will do whatever we can't do. i got a lot of preaching left to do tonight. If you'll just give me a little bit of time. I don't want to discourage you. Our commitment to prayer, fasting, and worship. Our commitment. I know I missed some of you when I said that because some of you haven't yet committed. Come on, get on board with us. Listen, we're building a church, right? If everybody that just said amen would show up to work day, it would help us. If we're doing it, then let's do it together. Everybody that's physically able, there's something you can do. Nothing else, you can just hand a tool to somebody that knows how. You can push a broom. There's something you can do. So if we're building a church, let's build it. Every hand makes the load a little lighter. And the issue is this, when we call to prayer and to fasting and to worship, your participation makes it easier for those who are deeply sacrificing. 
I literally had to speak to a young man the other day. And I said, I am going to call you off of your fast. I'm talking about young men and women who are sacred. We just come off a 21-day fast. Met with a young man this week. I said, I'll take you to lunch. He said, sure, I'll go to lunch with you. We got to lunch. He said, no, I'm fasting today. I just came off a fast. This is the kind of passion and drive, motivation. But if everybody would carry their load. I'm talking about inclusion here. If last Sunday night's service attendance would be a Monday night prayer meeting attendance. I wonder what would happen the next Sunday night. Instead of 60 or so people fasting, what if 200 or so people would have gotten on board fasting? Our commitment to prayer, fasting, and worship has changed the environment of CLC. The environment has changed. And our commitment to outreach, evangelism, and church planning is changing the culture of this church. What this church is going to become over the next few years is going to be nothing like what you're experiencing tonight. We will still be apostolic to the core. We'll still preach Jesus' name, baptism, infilling of the Holy Ghost, separation from the world. None of those things are changing, but the culture is changing because of our evangelism, our outreach, and our church planning. Because I'm going to speak strongly in the Holy Ghost right now. In this room right now, God is raising up missionaries that are going to go out They're not all going to be right here. God is raising up evangelists that are going to go out. God is raising up church planters that are going to go out right now in this room. Some of these young men that don't even get everything I'm preaching about are going to be some of the greatest evangelists and greatest soul winners and greatest outreach. Some of the greatest prayer warriors are sitting in these pews. God is raising it up for this last day, for this end time. You better get the faith to believe it with me. So our commitment to evangelism and outreach and church planning is changing the culture of the church. And this is what's changing. This church has been a great church a stable church, a faithful church, a church without great scandal. A few flare-ups of issues here and there, but no great problems. But this has been a church for the saved. But we are intentionally becoming a church for the lost. That means we're going to have entire services that have nothing to do with me or you. There was only 20 of us at Lebanon today. We had several guests that were there. Spencer, you did an amazing job preaching the gospel today. And that's exactly what he did. He just preached a simple message. He preached the gospel in a very simple way. He broke it down and made it clear and left them without excuse. Here we sat with two or three first-time guests that were sitting there. And while he was preaching, I'm thinking, everybody in this room except these three know exactly what he's about to say next. Which is exactly the purpose of us being in Lebanon. It's to preach the gospel to people who have no clue. They don't know what this is about. They don't even know what they're feeling. All they know, they feel something. They don't understand it all. But the whole service was about the guest. (laughs) 
Thus the words, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. God is raising up people. The famous words that were preached because of the time several years ago was played on a video here many years ago. When we reach for those that nobody wants, God will give us those that everybody wants. I believe it's God's desire for CLC to change the culture, not only of the church, but of the entire region. Because just like the book of Acts, it's going to be noised abroad what God has done. When just over a year ago, God raised a woman up from the dead. When just a few weeks ago, God confirmed with us that cancer is being healed. Deaf ears are being opened. People are receiving miracles. People are still being saved. It's being noised abroad. I walked into a meeting the other day and that meeting had been of a, we've been in several of those meetings that kind of been of a hostile nature. Every time that I've been in, we walked in the other day and there was a strange difference over the room. When we left, Cheryl looked at me and said, I think we have finally won her confidence. You know, all it takes is just a little time of paying attention and listening. We had a walkthrough of our, our, of our building on Monday, on, on Monday night of last week. We walked through the building. I was joking and making light. And I came through and I said, well, you guys know we're a Pentecostal church. I said, you see this over here? It's the snake box. <laughs> and they all just looked at me. Nobody laughed. They looked at me. I said, well, you know, we're a Pentecostal church. One of the ladies there spoke up. She said, well, I was raised up Pentecostal, but I never seen any snakes. I said, we don't handle snakes either. That was the joke. (laughs) And another man spoke up, and he said, I got to tell you what, all I hear in this town is about your church. When those that don't have the fullness of truth are saying all we're hearing about is what God's doing at your church. We are living in a day of apostolic outpouring. How's this end time revival going to happen? It's being noised abroad. It's being noised abroad to every people. And they're going to start bringing the sick and the lame and those that don't have that don't have an opportunity. That's why that people in our community, in our city, are coming here and saying, can I get prayed for? I was with a friend the other day, and they laughed and said, you're like a local town celebrity. I was very humbled by that. I walked into a restaurant and sat down to eat, and a lady come walking up to me, and she said, I know you guys believe in miracles, and I don't go, I've never been to a church like yours before, but I was just diagnosed with a terrible disease. She said, would it be inappropriate for you to lay hands on me and pray for me right now and do whatever it is you do? I said, well, all I do is just call on a name that's a healer. He's a, just put your hand right here in mine. I'm going to pray for you right here in the restaurant. I just took her by the hand started praying for her. We walked back into the restaurant the other day. She come up smiling. I said, how is your health? She said, better than I ever been. Nothing wrong. I'm completely healthy. I'm telling you, the revival that God is sending is going to be outside of the walls of this church. It's going to happen in your home. It's going to happen in coffee shops and restaurants. But it's coming. It's happening. It is here. It is now. And it's going to be through you. We have a responsibility to pour out What God is pouring in. Because He's pouring it into us. And if all we do is come to church and receive and receive and receive, we'll become the Dead Sea. 
But he never said, I'm going to, I'm going to call you and cause you to become a stagnant pool. But instead, he said it like this, out of your belly shall flow. Shout! If it's flowing out, it's flowing in. That's what God's doing in these last days. He is pouring it out. Come on, somebody. Just say, keep pouring it in because I'm going to keep pouring it out. And if you keep pouring it out, he's going to keep pouring it in. And there's going to be some that's going to say, you know what? Nobody else is going to do it. I can't get through anyway. There's going to be a group of people that is so inspired. You're going to be the roof breakers. You're going to start tearing up the roof so that God can do it. There's going to be others that's going to be behind the scenes. Nobody's going to know about them. But they're, they're the ones that's going to come back and repair the roof after God's already done the miracle. That's how we work together. There's a group of people that are working together. They are nameless. Nobody knows who they are. But they are doing it for the cause of Christ. This is the last day. Just so you know, for those of you that don't like for me to preach long, I'm doing you a favor. I, I am on page six of ten pages of notes. I got a lot more to say, but I'm not going to say it. I am. But the Lord's about to drop a bomb in this house. Because there are some people in this room tonight that have been hungry. And you have been searching. I don't know what it is I'm going to do or supposed to do. I'm telling you what's about to happen. God's going to begin to use you in ways you weren't expecting. That's what this end time revival is about. God is going to begin to pour out on you things that you never expected to come to pass. These are the last days. Here's what the scripture said. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions and your old men shall be dream dreams and upon your servants and upon your handmaidens I will pour out of my spirit these are the last days come on CLC there's some of you in this house tonight that have a deep desire to be used of God and you don't even know where how or where to begin get ready God's going to reveal it to you you're going to be part of what God is doing this revival is not to one or two, but it's to whosoever will. If you're in the house and you can't quite believe what I'm preaching, I dare you right now to expand your faith by saying, God, help me. Help me to get over my doubt. Help me to get over my unbelief. Help me to think beyond where I am because I can promise you these children and young people, they have no problem. Their faith's high. They believe everything I'm preaching. That's why they're going to see it. But I want everybody in this room to be part of what God is doing. Revival is coming. It's coming to Lebanon, Frankfurt, Lafayette, Kokomo, Rusheville, Monticello, Indianapolis. It's coming all over this region. Get ready for it. I'm going to be in the middle of it. Hallelujah. Here's the hard part. Here's the hard part. The hard part is calling some of you out of your comfort zone. Because the comfort zone is keeping you in the comfort zone. Some of you desperately need a breakthrough. You want a breakthrough. You want a breakthrough, but you're not getting a breakthrough. You haven't had a breakthrough, but you know that you need a breakthrough. As a matter of fact, some of you have even talked to others about needing a breakthrough. And that's in the Holy Ghost, by the way. There's some of you that desperately want a breakthrough. But you can't get beyond yourself to even say, I want a breakthrough. Now, this is where it's at. You can't even receive the Holy Ghost unless you repent. you got to accept the fact you're a sinner and you need God and all the above. You're not going to get a breakthrough unless you'll admit, all right, got to have a breakthrough. It's me. 
This is the kind of altar call we're going to have tonight. Now, if you need, if you need the Holy Ghost, I want you to get right up here in the middle, and I want you, I want you just to push on up here. You got to. We're breaking the roof down tonight. All right. It's the only way this is going to happen. We're going to break the roof. We're breaking up. The, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need God to do something specific, get right up here in the middle right now. That's my first call. So while you're making up your mind whether you really want it or not, here's my second call. I'm just going to stop for a minute and tell you God's not going to make you. If you want it bad enough to tear up the roof, if you really wanted it, some of you would about broke pews down. We repaired three of them last week. Some of you, when I said just started to even mention it, you would have just torn the place up to get here. All right, so here's my second call. If you know that it's you that needs a breakthrough, you want a breakthrough, you need a breakthrough, you are going to have to make up your mind. See, I know, I know, I see the testing all the time. Well, it sure would be nice if pastor would come back and lay his hands on me. I'm not going to. Not going to. I don't pastor like that. If you want it, come on up here. You want it, I'll come lay hands on you. I'm not coming back begging you. I'm not coming back telling you you got to. Only in rare occasions does the Lord speak to me and say, go to somebody. I'm expecting you because if you want it, you're going to come get it. But if you know it's you and you need a genuine breakthrough in your spirit, I want you to get right here in the center right now, and I want you to declare I need a breakthrough. And we're going to have a breakthrough tonight in the Holy Ghost. I need some breakthrough prayer warriors. Here's three or four that's already gathered here. Come on, if you need it, get right here. This is where God's going to do it tonight. I need some breakthrough prayer warriors ready to lay hands on people. God is going to perform it here in just a moment. We're going to pray the prayer of faith. There's some people that need a breakthrough. And when you break forth, then you're going to be able to break out and do what God is calling you to do. Anybody going to believe the Lord with me tonight? Anybody going to believe the Lord with me tonight? There's going to be a breakthrough happening in some, in some lives right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus, I speak breakthrough over every life, every, every enemy that is holding them captive and keeping them from breaking forth in complete apostolic authority and freedom. I release them in the name of Jesus. Whatsoever is released in earth shall be released in heaven. I release it right now. I bind fear. I bind unbelief. I bind doubt. I release faith. I release freedom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let it happen in your life right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. 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 Yes. 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 Come on, it's happening. It's happening. There's some people that's elevating to the next level of faith right now. They're breaking out right now. That's what's happening. They're breaking out of the mold. It's happening. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Come on, let there be a breakthrough in your spirit. 
Do something you've never done before. Step out in faith right now. Let it happen right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. 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 Come on, that's it. Pray through it. Push through it. I won't let you go until I get my breakthrough. I won't let you go until I get my breakthrough. Yes. 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 Come on, that's it, prayer warriors. Don't be easy. Pray, pray with faith. Pray with faith right now. Pray with faith right now. Pray with faith right now.